and welcome to Wayfinding. My name is Benny. I'm your host, and joining me, as always, is are my co. I didn't think of a name prior operators. to this. Co-operators Dylan and Daniel, and a recurring guest is Nathaniel. Hi, welcome to all of you. Yeah. Welcome to all of you. All of us. Welcome. All of you. To everyone. I've never heard it word that way. I don't know. Welcome. Honestly, at this point, it's just like words are happening. And <laughs> if it lands, Brain is great. not thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but as always, we are going to dive into the word. We're going to get into John chapter nine today. But before we do, we have a short time of Q&A. So I'm going to hand it over to Dylan or Daniel, whoever has questions, or even Nathaniel, if you have any anything you would want to bring up for us to discuss today. I'll think about it, but they okay. can go first. Okay. We expect you to have a question, Nathaniel. I'm sorry. No, I'll be more prepared next time. It's okay. We didn't tell you anything about this before, <laughs> so not really on you. Benny, when did you find out that Santa wasn't real? Oh, Warning to all okay. the younger viewers, Santa's <laughs> still <Spoilers>. real. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Nathaniel was today. Did you think for How a little old? bit that he was real? I, I mean... My parents. I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to think through. Like, so there's one story that I very like distinctly recall, but I feel like that was on the cusp of me thinking, "Hey, I don't know about this whole Santa stuff," and I think I was probably around, I want to say like eight years old, maybe eight or nine years old. Uh, so we have a tradition that uh, it's a European tradition. On December 6th, you are okay. supposed to put your boots outside and Santa comes by and fills them with your favorite like uh, candy and whatnot in in the boot so that in the morning you wake up and your your boots are full similarly to stockings but instead of just being on the wall and and it feeling like overtime or whatever or christmas morning this is like a separate thing you put your boots outside to be filled by santa december 6th so december 6th it's just the thing so it's a tradition all throughout europe and uh we kept it going one day, uh, and again, as I said, I was thinking that my uh, parents were like, I was trying to piece together how the whole Santa thing worked. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's you guys. And they're like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. So I was waiting for Santa to show up on December 6th to drop off like candy into our boots. And we put it outside and we're waiting. And I just periodically keep checking the front window. And at one point, I see my dad, like, running back from the front porch around into the garage. And I run down to the laundry, like, to, like, to meet him as he's coming in through the laundry door. And just... I'm exasperated, just like, I saw you, I knew it, you're gonna, you were the one who put the candy in our boots. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about, there's nothing, nothing happened. I'm like, watch, bet, if we go check the boots right now, it's gonna have candy. And my, <laughs> I remember my dad just looking at my mom, he goes, I mean, <laughs> we can go check, I guess. <laughs> did you, did you see him do it though? 
I saw him running away from but the porch. I didn't see him do it. You didn't see him do it. But, you know, true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what you're saying here. So we ran to the front porch. I opened the door and it was full. I'm like, ah, I knew it. It was you guys the whole time. Uh, so I think it was around that, like around that age, again, eight or nine years old that I started really piecing everything together. And, and that moment just sticks out to me. What about you, Nathaniel? They never said that Santa was real. Although, I did see him this year. I took a picture with him. Santa? Yeah. Oh. He was at, he was at like, I don't even know where I was. <laughs> but <laughs> he was he there. You? No, he was there and I took a picture. Nice. So, if he's not real, I don't know who I took a picture with. Mm. So, I'm convinced. Mm. You know what's really cool? Uh, the people who are Santa's at like the malls and, and mm-hmm. whatnot, they take their job really seriously. Oh yeah. And what's great is I've heard somebody share before that throughout the year, you still look like Santa, you know, like you're, yeah. <laughs> you're still Santa. And one, this one guy was wearing like a red hoodie or something and he's walking around and a little girl noticed him. And he overheard this girl say to her mom, like, mom, it's Santa. Santa's here. And just because, again, they take their job so seriously, in the moment, he looked at the girl and just, like, winked at her and just said, like, shh, don't tell anyone. Like, you know, just, like, playing into the whole thing of, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on vacation. Don't tell anyone I'm here. You know, yeah. like, like something, something little uh, just to, like, keep that mystical thing with the with the kids and so that that's really cool i feel like you could be a santa benny one day you know maybe it would be fun i just got to work on growing up my beard daniel definitely can (laughs) it's a compliment for my cousins when they were little i was santa we got a santa suit and i would wear the uh suit my family would show up either at their home or like at my grandma's or whatever while they're visiting and they would show up i would wait change and then come in 10 minutes later or whatever with the big bag of gifts. The problem is my oldest cousin was getting too old again around that like eight, nine year old age. As I would be giving out the gifts, she kept looking at me and being and, and like, just was this weird look of like, I think, I think I know you. (laughs) (laughs) And so she would just constantly go around to like uh, either my parents or to her parents or whatever. She would just be like, Santa looks like Benny. <laughs> like, like, are you sure? Like, That's funny. I don't know. <laughs> she was just like very, She's very really perceptive. Confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Santa would leave and then Benny would show up like 10 minutes later or five <laughs> minutes after that. And then she was just like, why do you, why do you look like Santa? Like, why does Santa look like you? Like, what is, you know, she had all these questions. So I think around that point we had to just like, abandon the santa suit and just be like oh yeah you know santa dropped him off at our place and we're just bringing him to you now (laughs) that's funny so i dressed up did i tell you i dressed up as santa for the students really yep they went crazy for the middle schoolers so funny bro did they think you were Santa? there was one that i think did (laughs) actually there was one that i legitimately think did because he comes up i'm not going to say names but he comes up to the stage Cause I'm just waving, right? Mm. Whatever, being dumb. And he says, Santa, Santa. And let's say his name is Tommy. 
Okay. And I'm like, hey, Tommy, what's up? And he's like, he knows my name. And then he <laughs> runs back. So I think he thought I really was Santa, but then everyone else didn't. Mm. I don't know what happened because the beard fell off and I was a little skinny for the for the fit. Yeah. So I don't know what happened when that happened, but mm. maybe he did. It was funny, though. It was actually fun. Nice. The Grinch suit is a lot better than the Santa suit. Uh-huh. Oh, you had a whole adventure being the Grinch. <laughs> mm-hmm. You were the Grinch. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's the uh, uh, Christmasville thing that we did for. Uh, I'm so sad that I didn't get to go. He was Grinch. Wow. I wish I could have seen it. Maybe you could see it this year. Could have taken a picture of me like all the other girls that did. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Uh, you say that like it was a good thing, but you were, you were not having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad they wouldn't take a picture with you outside the suit. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Got him. So the reason I asked that question oh. is should we continue telling our kids that Santa is real mm. as Christian? I'm not going to. No. Well, because I my parents never told me. Well, technically, yeah, he yeah. is real. Well, yeah, whatever. If you go in the bib, uh, he technically is real. So, is he real in the sense that he plays the role in the society? fantasy yeah. role of Santa? Like, do I feel like I missed out because I never believed in Santa? No, yeah. I still got the gifts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, still got the gifts, and. I still took a picture with him, actually. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got it all. But maybe. I don't know. I will well, say our kids. Like, we all have successful families in the room. But <laughs> yeah. far from it. Well, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to personal choice. And also what you, what traditions you want to have with your kids. And that's something that you would discuss with, like, your spouse when it comes time for that of what traditions you want to have for the holidays. And then how far do you want to go with Santa? Mm -hmm. Do you not want to entertain any kind of idea of Santa at all? Or do you explain who Santa is and maybe a little bit of the backstory, but you also make sure to emphasize the true meaning of Christmas in terms of like, celebrating Jesus's birth and and the emphasis on that. We had a great discussion on Mission City's podcast where uh, Dave shared he had a moment in which as uh, his kids were growing up, they were so excited for Christmas that one of them said, they, they look, I, you know, I don't, they looked at their tree or something and they're like, man, I love Christmas. Santa's so much better than Jesus. And at that moment, they had to stop and be like, okay, we have gone like too far Mm -hmm. on the Santa side of Christmas. And we haven't done a great job explaining Jesus's role and Jesus, you know, being the whole purpose of Christmas. So I think that's what you got to watch for Mm -hmm. is just like, so personally, I'll speak from my perspective. Personally, I don't see anything wrong necessarily about having the Santa figure there. I just want to make sure that it's not the main thing. I want to make sure that, like, my kids understand that it is about Jesus. And the whole idea of Santa is something that, like, it's worldly. It's just promoting, like, 
kindness, joy, cheerfulness. Like that's, that's the purpose of, of having Santa, but Jesus is here for a much greater purpose. Mm-hmm. So I think it really is a personal thing of just yeah. how far you want to go with it. Daniel, did your parents ever tell you that Santa was real? Played into it for a little bit, but kind of just got caught. I kind of just talked myself out of it after a while. Huh? Mm-hmm. Smart man. Because I couldn't eat the cookie, so it wasn't worth it. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. He's thinking that is business. the most Daniel I've ever heard yeah. in my life. That's business right there. One of the Christmas traditions that I never did as a kid, I don't know if you guys did, was the elf on a shelf. I didn't do it. You that. didn't do it? My nieces do it. Oh. So I had to piece together, because I never did it as a kid, I don't know, like, the lore, the the backstory of what is this elf that everyone keeps talking about. But then I started seeing clips every year around Christmas time. I see clips of these kids freaking out that this elf is moving around by itself, but it only does it when you're sleeping and you're, you know, you're, you're not looking. But I also see kids like freaking out because somebody Scary. like, touches the the elf and that's one of the rules is like you can't move you you can't touch the elf you can't move the elf and so they have like a friend come over and they find the elf just sitting on a shelf or something and they they run over and they're like oh well look at the little doll i found and the the kids who know about the elf they start like panicking like crying screaming (laughs) terror filled and i'm at that point i'm like i don't i don't want to do that with my kids that they are so like terrified of an saying. elf, you know? Mm-hmm. So th- again, that, that that's one of the things that, yeah, that's funny. You would have to describe, discuss with your future spouse of just being like, what traditions do you want to do? Do you want to do elf on the shelf? If you do, let's not strike the fear of the Lord into, <laughs> into <laughs> them moving an elf, you know? But are you, would you consider it like lying in any way? That's where I'm just like, it don't matter that much. I'm probably going to say the gifts came from Santa when they really didn't. Like, why? What's, why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm not, I'm not hating on it, really. I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is Christmas bigger over in Europe than here? That's a good question. I mean, honestly, I don't. You're the How most much European con- out of all of us. So that's I am I the ask. most European, but at the same time, I'm also like. <laughs> The most American. I'm born in Chicago, so <laughs> I'm the most European out of you guys. I'm the most American of my family. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. There's what I do know is there is a lot more emphasis on like there is Christmas Eve, Christmas Day morning, Christmas Day night, and Christmas the second day. What? That's how many church services you go to. Sounds lit. You are there, like you you celebrate like together with the church. Like that's you know that, that a very tra- that's the very traditional side of it. I don't know how many churches still keep up with all of that, but that was a thing. And even in Chicago, that's what we would do. Is just like we would do Christmas Eve. We're there. We do a special like Christmas Eve candle lighting thing. Then we do. A Christmas morning or maybe like Christmas afternoon. And then we also do like Christmas the second day. And on the 26th, we still have another thing. So it was all sorts of just like festivities. And then sometime throughout December, we have our own little tiny like Christmas, 
concert type thing of special musical elements, special uh, poetry, readings, stuff like that. We do all of that kind of stuff at our Hungarian church. So, wow. so you got two days of presents? Huh? No. It's not about the presents. Oh. And go on. Uh, where it's about the presence about of the Lord. Ah, uh, <laughs> I was confused there. <laughs> Three seconds. And I was like, did you not just hear what I said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't get any extra presents necessarily. Uh, it was just like more time at church. We did do a whole thing, though, uh, during Christmas Eve. The tr- the service was very long. Nice. And so all the kids would be downstairs. And we're just running around, running amok in the basement. Uh, church is happening upstairs. When it comes time, it's almost done. Bring all the kids upstairs. We go up to the front row. And we're waiting. And then everyone sings Silent Night. So we sing Silent Night, and we all know what happens next. Next thing you know, there's a knock at the back door of the church. Dun, 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 dun. And everyone's like, oh, who is that? And they walk over, open up the door. Oh, it's Santa. <laughs> and we all get, the, the church has put together gifts for all the kids. Nice. And so every nice. single kid gets a gets a gift full of like, candies maybe like a little devotional type thing a coloring book stuff like that like little little kid stuff so for you cole for you no (laughs) that was only Benny's gift basket no i don't think i ever got cole maybe once but it was all just like church or from your parents from my parents Uh oh I was going to say, from the church, Benny, I, that's a little bit of a problem. Yeah, no, I never got it from the church. <laughs> uh, the church always just gave candy and whatnot. So, anyway, that was some of our traditions. What, are, what were your Christmas traditions, Daniel? Or Nathaniel, whatever, whatever one of y'all wants to go first. I mean, it used to be just on Christmas Eve, we go to my grandma's church and we eat dinner with her. But we don't do that anymore, so we just go to here. Huh? Then on the next day, we go go to family. We open presents, go to family, and just come home and chill. That's pretty much it. Or we go to my brother's house tonight, that night also, and just open presents. Or we go the next day or something. Mm-hmm. So it's just not all in one go. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Benny has a lot of cooler ones, I think, than anyone else. It's all because I'm Hungar- uh, Hungarian or like just European. Like it all comes from that. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what I do on Christmas, honestly. I just eat good food. Amen. That's the best part. Eat He's good had food. Nineteen Christmases and he can't remember which one. <laughs> 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 he did. Uh, yeah, I eat good food. Maybe presents are there. Maybe they're not. But I do eat good food. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I just go up to Houston and see my mom's side of the family for Christmas. Yeah, that's it. That's what makes me think that Christmas is bigger in Europe. Because maybe they're just closer to the whole backstory of it, probably. to the tradition. There, there's probably a longer history for the traditions of Christmas there, and that's probably why they have a, a richer connection to the holiday. I mean, it also stems from the fact that they had Christianness. Longer than we have, because yeah. we came from... We were founded on it, though. Come on. Well... But they were... We were founded on it because... <laughs> we weren't founded on it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were. It's a, a real big gray area on, on all that. 
I guess that's true. Well, when they came over, they were Christian. Of sorts. We, yeah, we think. I wasn't on the boat with them, but. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any questions, Daniel? Any questions that you've been like, oh, man, I really want to ask this. And if it sucks, we can cut it out. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> or even topics. Oh, I mean, Nathaniel and me had a kind of a good like talk earlier about some stuff that I, maybe you have some input on. Huh? Okay. No, Benny, he definitely has input on it. So we're talking about like being a life group leader and that kind of stuff and how would you, I was telling him, I feel so unprepared. Like mm-hmm. I feel, I, that's why I've told Daniel no so many times because I've seen like Tony and Armando and, and Jason, all of them, they seem like they know so much. And I'm mm-hmm. like, next to me, I seem like I know barely little uh, about it. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's why I've said, no, I don't want to be a life group leader kind of stuff. And I was saying, I feel unprepared even for the weekend being a life group leader. Huh? And then Nathaniel said, yeah, I feel the same way sometimes. Huh? It's true. I bet you that Armando and Tony would still say the same thing. Mm-hmm. That week to week, they still feel unprepared. They still feel unqualified. It's one of the great qualities of them is their humility as they approach being a life group leader. It is a little bit out of your element in terms of like anyone's element to become or, you know, I'll I'll word it this way. It is a totally next step is a totally other step in anyone's life to become a teacher of a given topic than to just be a learner. It is easy to become a, to be a learner of anything, to be a learner of scripture, to be a learner, because you can just come on Sunday mornings, listen, read on your own. And that's, that's one level. What you find is that to become a teacher you really have to take that step out on your own and you become equipped the more you do it. Even people who spend years going to school to become better teachers, the best way to learn is to just go and teach. And so that's why so many times in teachings programs, you find the to finish out their program, they have to go and be a teacher, be an assistant teacher at, at some school at some point, because that is where you develop the skills of how to interact with people. And you there's also never a better place at which you learn the material than when you have to teach it to somebody. You will learn scripture more when you have to teach it because it's one thing to be able to just like consume the knowledge it's another thing to be able to articulate it Mm -hmm. simply and even that has been the explanation i have heard of how do you know when you have knowledge when you have wisdom when you can explain complex topics simply 
that's when you know you have an understanding of the topic because you can then articulate everything simply. Mm-hmm. That does not come unless you take the steps. So like you're going to feel inadequate. You're going to feel ill-equipped for being a life group leader. That comes with the territory. <laughs> that is because it requires humility. We had a discussion a few weeks back on the element of pride and how that plays with being a teacher. And most often we find that people who have pride as they approach the, the, the lectern of, of, of teaching people, if they are filled with pride, their messages maybe aren't that great because it's all just like showing off how much they understand. And it's like, well, great. You just explained everything, you know, I understand nothing. So were you a great teacher? No. A great teacher is able to take everything they have spent hours and hours and hours studying. They are able to articulate that simply to a crowd. That comes through humility of realizing, I don't know how to do this. I have to submit myself to the Lord. In the life group context, I don't know how to lead, you know, such and such group of, of, of kids, whether it be whatever grade you're being put in charge of or whatever the, the class may be to, to lead. You may feel that you're ill-equipped. Great. That is when you can then submit yourself to the Lord and really watch him equip you and move through you and move through the people in your class. Let's, let's think about our life group. Simply speaking, my role there is similar to how I do our Bible study here on the podcast. I present the word and we go through it together. Mm -hmm. The reason I wanted to do it that way is because we learn from each other. And so I, I can just present whatever book we're going to read, whatever chapter we're going to read. And then I can step back and it's not about me being like, well, I spent 20 hours studying what Ezekiel, whatever means. And so now I'm going to tell you everything I have come to understand. What's the point of that? I have had better discussion. We have had a better discussion from everyone sharing their perspectives on a particular passage and learning from what they see in the passage rather than just one person sharing for an hour and a half. And so I would, I would just encourage you that like you may feel like you are, are not equipped And on two fronts, one, I would say that comes with the territory. People feel unequipped. 
to be life group leaders. That comes from a posture of humility, of submitting yourself to the Lord and watching him move. Two, the flip side of that is just because the Lord will take care of it does not mean that you should then become lazy in your preparation. So I should not then show up on Tuesday nights when we have life group. I should not show up having done nothing. Imagine if Pastor Matt would show up on Sunday morning and he goes, well, I'm just going to let the words speak from God's word because he has incredible power. And we know, you know, he can give a whole speech of how incredible God's word is, but he's done nothing and he's just going to sit there and read scripture. Will it move? Yes. It's God's word. However, he's not upholding his end of his responsibility. So we feel ill-equipped to be teachers. What does that mean? We should then spend time in God's word. When you receive the lesson plan from uh, Daniel and Morgan, when you receive the lesson plan from your supervisors, you should then review it. Understand the questions you're going to be asking the, the students. Understand the passage. Read over it throughout the week. Even if it's just, hey, I got the I got the notes on Monday and I'm going to have to present it on Wednesday or I'm going to have to present it on Sunday, whatever. Great. Now that means I have a few days for me to just read this one chapter over and over and over again to make sure that I have a, th- a thorough understanding at least to what I can understand on my own. Maybe it means going to somebody to ask their questions on it. Maybe it's like, hey, you know, I was reading John chapter 9 and I had this question come up, whatever. It is a both and situation when it comes to being a leader and a teacher. It is having humility to let God move through it because you should not be so filled with yourself of like, oh, I can do this. I can, you know, like, no, then it's going to fail because it's only built on you. Have humility to let God move, but uphold your end of the bargain. Have the maturity, have the responsibility to read God's word, to prepare yourself, to pray over the time that you have with your students. You should be doing both for the role of being a life group leader. That's good. It's good stuff. I was trying to remember. There was stuff that stood out to me when you said it, and I forgot it now. <laughs> but that's what, I think that's what I was telling you. What was I saying earlier, Daniel? Oh, okay, okay. I remember now. I think even that, like, I would even, even this idea of, like, we're teaching as a life group leader, at least in that sense, like, not we're not teaching because we are. I agree with everything Benny said, but like, like I was telling you guys, like we're all called to be or to make disciples, but we're not necessarily all called to like go and teach to groups of people, like mm-hmm. in front on a stage and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, like you prep, of course, you give it to God, but like you're just sharing what 
God has revealed to you. Like, it's not some huge, in my opinion, life group leader is not like leading young, young men, students. Like I said, they're, we're already young. Like they already probably think you're kind of cool because you're young. And like, you just literally share, be honest with them. Like what God has taught you, the mistakes you made, the wins you've had in life. And that's it. Like, there's, there's not much, not there's not much to it, but you literally just like, there's no Daniel as a normal person and Daniel as a life group leader. Like there's no difference between the two. I don't think it's just like, as long as you're pursuing God and you're genuine, then you're going to be a good life group leader. I think, because what else, what else is there? Like you don't have to have this all wealth of knowledge and wisdom to be a life group leader. You just, you just are like truthful about who God is and what he's teaching you. And it's, mm-hmm. it'll, I think it'll be fine in my opinion. I don't know. So I think you'll do great. I told you, I think even Dylan, and if you're nervous, bro, like that's good. That means you care, but I think it'll be great. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The greatest part of the greatest role of a life group leader is to walk alongside the lives of those that they are shepherding. And so while I did speak to teaching, I appreciate that you brought up that aspect of it, Nathaniel, because it is a huge aspect, uh, especially in students' lives. I mean, Nathaniel, you go around to schools all throughout the week just because it's so that you can connect with your students. Mm-hmm. And it's not even necessarily like, okay, great. Now I'm here. Like I'm going to whip out my Bible and yeah. we're going to have a Bible study. No, no, no. There's time for that. But right now it's just here so I can be in the lives of the students. Yeah. And, and, and that can be the encouragement to them that they need. That opens the doors for you to be able to have discussions mm-hmm. with them in the future as they encounter different issues. Yeah they are then able to come to you because you've built a relationship with them, built a relationship of trust. Of, and it's like, yeah, you know, you're not that much older than them, but you are older than them. Yeah. So you've already gone through some of the stuff that they're going through. Yeah. They're going to be like, well, how do I deal with, you know, such and such thing going on in my life? Like, you know, and then you're like, well, you know, it is tough, but when I when I walk through something like that, or I, I remember when I did this, whatever, and you can share from just your own life story what you did, what helped in that situation, what you did, and you're like, this was completely dumb. Don't yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. Those things are tremendously valuable. Yeah. And I think what's cool is if you're living in those moments, because they will come, mm-hmm. if you're living like righteously, not perfectly, and not like... You know what I mean by righteously, like not, you Just know, in living. pursuit of God. Exactly. Like God will literally equip you, like whether it's past experiences, whether it's the people that are pouring into you mm-hmm. wisdom, mm-hmm. whether it's the word, like God will literally like give you what you need somehow, some way to be there for that person. And then if that's not the case, something, a question has come to me and I'm like, dog, I have absolutely no idea, bro. Like, Let's like figure it out. Let's figure it out. You know, and it's like, okay, that's literally okay. I don't know. It's just. And then you can figure it out with them. Yes. And you learn, they learn, you grow closer together, you're closer to God. Yeah. Now you have that experience together of like, imagine them then saying that experience later in the future of like, I remember sitting down with my life group leader, Daniel, 
And I, I brought a question to him and he didn't really know the, the answer right away, but he took the time to sit down with me and we worked it out together. And that was so cool because he, he didn't just leave me on my own. He was there with me. Sometimes that can be the biggest thing that stands out to somebody. They might not even remember the lesson. They might not even remember like what was the thing you were studying, but the fact that you were there with them means a lot. Mm -hmm. So that can be the biggest thing about being a, a life group leader. Yeah, we'll do great. You'll do great. It'll be great. The week I'm excited for the weekend, for sure. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I was just thinking. No, no, no. Yeah, it's good. Any One day, other? Benny, I do. We don't have to hit it right now, but I would love to hear not how you we have time. How you prep for a life group because I've told you, I think you lead them very well. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I've never had someone, and again, I don't know what you want to call it, facilitate or mm -hmm. whatever. Just like every time I'm at life group with you guys, like, I feel like it's a, a pretty good conversation and like, I don't get bored of the conversation and the conversation makes me think. Mm -hmm. So like I, and I, I was doing that event and it was a smaller one. So they're like, at the end, kind of asked me to do like more of a Bible study. And I was like, dang, I would have, if I knew before, cause I only knew a few days, I would like ask you a little bit more to help me out. But like, what is it? How do you do that? Not how do you, but like, what is the, I don't know. Yeah. Do you, yeah. How do you know? Well, so it's just the word, right? You don't have like a curriculum or anything that you go through. Yeah, yeah. So for us, we just choose a passage and that comes through just – so choosing a passage comes through thinking of my group and thinking through what they are going to benefit from. So we are starting a new year and I know that a lot of our life group is walking through – many different seasons and many they're in pursuit of many different things. So I chose to start off the year reading through Ecclesiastes, mm -hmm. which is like on initial Time thing, <laughs> on initial thing, it's hilarious yeah. that it's like, what, you know, new year, we're going to start off with this super encouraging book, Ecclesiastes. And it starts off as like, everything's meaningless. There's absolutely no point to anything. And <laughs> we're just like, yeah. well, happy new year. Everyone. Yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, but the reason I did is because as we walk through it, Solomon shares his words of, I have walked through all of these things. Let me tell you about everything. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about pursuit of wealth. Let me tell you about pursuit of political power. Let me tell you about pursuit of business. Let me tell you about pursuit of relationship. Let me tell you uh, one thing after another. He just goes through. And so that in terms of prepping for my group, I think of what are they walking through that can be of encouragement to them. Mm -hmm. And then in preparation for the study, I read the passage throughout the week mm -hmm. so that I can spend time thinking on like every facet that it speaks on in the passage. Because mm -hmm. it might re reference to different things. And so I've... Each read through, I'm like, okay, reveal to me 
every new thing <laughs> that mm-hmm. that maybe somebody in the group will will bring up. Yeah. I will say in the moment the biggest things I see as success in our group coming from me as a, a the biggest things that I do in our discussions are I am not afraid of awkward silence. Mm-hmm. And I really listen. Mm-hmm. I try to really listen to what our life group members are saying. Mm-hmm. Because what I have to do is maintain the integrity of Scripture, the integrity of the message that Solomon is actually saying. There are lessons that we can take from it, but I don't want us going so far down a rabbit hole that it we are reading something into the passage. So I have to guard against that. But I also want to hold space for us to have some of those rabbit holes that because as we read Ecclesiastes, we have like, okay, he's going to talk about political power. Great. Oh, that really speaks to the political situation of our country right now. Yeah. You know, what do you, what do you think that means to you? Like, tell me more about that. Encouraging people to share more. So that's really the posture I have is just like, I want to open the door for you to be able to share what's on your heart, share what stood out to you in the passage. I need to create a safe space for you to be able to share that. So that means as soon as you share something and it's something that like, let's say I disagree with, or I think you're reading into the passage differently, or, uh, you know, I, I think your interpretation's wrong, whatever. If there is a conflict between my view and your view and what I see as the integrity of scripture and in your view, I have to be able to react to you in a loving and caring way to kind of be a guardrail, bounce something off of you so that you can find your way back to the main road. So you start reading in something into the passage. I can, I'm listening closely, listening intently, and then I can ask you a guided question based off of what you said to help push you to see a different perspective. And therefore that pushes you to the main lane of what the scripture is actually saying. Mm-hmm. I think those are the biggest things that, that I do. Do you come up with questions? Not a ton. It um, usually goes. I, I typically stick, I stick very close to like, just what is the, what does the passage say? Uh, and even if you listen to, as you listen to the podcast, a lot of the questions that I always come to is either one, what stood out to you? Like what's a, either yeah. a specific verse or a topic, a line that, that stood out to you. Mm-hmm. Or I ask you what just happened. Basically I'm, I'm prompting you to be able to summarize what we read. Yeah. Again, we just mentioned how 
knowledge is being able to convey a complex thing simply. We just read 40 verses. Great. Explain to me what just happened. Because by you working through that and being able to explain what just happened, you are gaining knowledge of the passage. You are now able to explain it simply. That is knowledge. So my questions kind of focus onto that, yeah. guiding people to gain a knowledge of, of the scripture, yeah. of the passage. If something like super stands out to me, then I'll start off with those couple questions just to like see where, where people are at. And then if somebody else hits on it, I'm like, great, we're already there. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to segue it. If I do have to segue it, then I leave space, make sure nobody has anything else to share. And then I can direct people. Hey, so let me tell you what stood out to me and just kind of go through the passage of like, I think these are really big takeaways from these verses from these. Yeah. The passage. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I guess it's just like, yeah, you're going through the Bible. Mm -hmm. I imagine too, because I haven't, I'm not in many, my mind only goes to students at the moment because I'm not really in groups. Um, So I imagine like a conversation, like might get a little more in depth with adults when it comes to like, you read the word and it's just like, let's, what you got, you know, like if you do that with a bunch of middle schoolers, they're like, it is different. Yeah. Talking about their crush. I'm like, bro, what? Right. Yeah. Totally. You, you would get different reactions based on like what age group you're trying to facilitate. Mm-hmm. But for, but I, I would I, say for young adults, adults, yeah, that's what I was kind of what, what I do. Students, I don't find I do students. If I would lead a student group through a passage, mm-hmm. I am more so doing that without asking the questions. Mm-hmm. So I, I follow the similar pathway of like, I'm going to walk you through this and I'm going to be able to explain this big concept simply. And then we're going to walk through like, two main takeaways or, or three main yeah. takeaways from yeah. this passage. Yeah. And I'm going to walk through them yeah. and just kind of like hold your hand as we mm-hmm. walk through this, this passage together. Mm-hmm. That way you like, I don't know, you're, you are seeing my thought process. Yeah. I am presenting to you yeah. my thought process. That's that kind sense. of the, the, per, the posture I approach. Yeah. It. I wish I could be more part of that first group of conversations mm-hmm. but not hating on any no yeah i just don't have any much group like that you know yeah i would love to lead one actually or it doesn't really matter just be a part of one that's mm-hmm. cool though mm-hmm. i guess it does go back to the bible pretty simply yeah and honestly a lot of it so w- what a lot of people speak to seeing in their leaders as like, well, I just, I, I can't do that. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we see some pastors be able to just rattle off verse after verse of like, oh, well, you know, Paul talks about this and this is the, and this thing, or Jesus said this in, in, in John chapter whatever. Oh, well, you know, Ezekiel mentioned that, or, you know, Isaiah mentioned that. They just rattle off like verses that they just know. And it's like, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. Me neither. 
And so one of the challenges I've put on myself and the journey that we've been on with this Bible study for the last like year and a half or whatever, it has been, I am seeking understanding of scripture. And so as we, we started off reading through the book of Romans, we started, then we went through like the story of David. We, we read through his life. And so now we can articulate those things. We, we took some breaks and, and read smaller books of the Bible to just gain understanding of like, okay, here, what's, what's Paul doing in the letter to Jude, the letter to whatever, like, you know, the, the smaller letters and just being able to articulate what is the significance of this letter? Why is it, why is it so small? But what is still what is Paul still trying to say? Uh, my goal is to be able to have an understanding of Scripture, and then I can go back through it and pursue it with like really intently. I'm going to memorize the topics that are in here. I'm gonna like th- that kind of working my way down of like, I, right now I, I've lived my life in and around the church for 20 plus years. As long as you guys have been alive, I've been a believer. So that comes with like, as I have come alongside different teachings of pastors, I am learning from them, but I haven't sought a deep understanding of scripture yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that level of memorization yet. So what I need to do is I am taking this general knowledge of scripture, honing it in so that I can have deep knowledge of scripture. And then I want to take it deeper and have memorized knowledge of scripture. Yeah. That's my goal for like the next, that'll take me like 10 years. I've never heard it broken down like that, but that is good. I'm on the same goal as you for the next lifetime, Mm -hmm. you know. No lie. I think like legitimately this is going to take me like. That's what I'm saying. Next lifetime. Probably it's going to take me five years, three to five years to be able to have like one time through general knowledge of scripture. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards is going to be the 10 year like, the next year like 10 yeah. year thing of i need to memorize more scripture that's for sure yeah well let's go ahead and get into john uh, chapter pause. i really have to pee again really to pee. oh i'm <laughs> sorry bro <laughs> like so bad all right we'll be here <laughs> all right Let's go ahead and get into John 9, this time for realsies. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, this one's an interesting one. I remember. Oh, what the... What a parallel. What a parallel. Okay. What a parallel. I did not think parallel was going to follow that sentence. I'm so <laughs> glad it did. I know, that, was, that was a little bit like, yeah. We had a whole discussion about this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and take it from the top. We'll go verses one. We might just have to go through the whole thing, but I want to stop at 13. 
Yours breaks at 13? And 35. What? Mine doesn't break anywhere. Mine doesn't break at 13, but we can we can stop there. So let's go 1 through 12, 13 to 34, and then 35 to the end. So who, who wants to take 1 through 13? I will. Dylan will. All right. Now, as Jesus was passing by, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who committed the sin? I thought I was reading the wrong one because I just saw Nathaniel put his Bible down. Like, oh, no. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I was focusing. You're good. Rabbi, who committed the sin that caused him to be born blind, this man or his parents? Jesus answered, neither. This man nor his parents have sinned. But he was born blind so that acts of God may be revealed through what happens to him. We must perform the deeds of the one who sent me as long as it is daytime, nighttime coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spat on the ground with, and he made some mud with the sand and saliva. He smeared the mud on the blind man's eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, mm-hmm. which is translated to scent. So the blind man went away and washed and came back seeing. Then the neighbors and the people who had been him been had seen him previously as a beggar began saying, This is not the man who used is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some people said, This is the man, while others said, No, but it looks like him. This man the man himself kept insisting, I am the one. So they asked him, How then were you made to see? The man replied, The man called Jesus made the mud, smeared it into my eyes. So he told me, Go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed and was able to see. Then they said to him, Where is that man? He replied, I don't know. I think it's funny how they ask him for the directions when he has no way of telling right. which way. This man's like, I just learned there's roads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through the, the questions that I mentioned earlier. What stands out to you guys in this passage? Definitely how Jesus used this man for to provide, I guess would be the word, miracles. Hmm. And... Even though he had done nothing to deserve that, and the disciples thought he had sinned, or his parents have would have sinned. Yeah, so that that whole conversation is really interesting, right? Because the disciples ask him, "Why is this man born blind? Was it because of his sins or his parents' sins?" What a what a concept, right? Because like, I think there there are some people who hold that belief of like, "Man, I'm going through this, and it's it's punishment because of." my sins it's punishment for what i've done like and either i did this or my parents did this and it's all because of that that we are having to deal with this issue and jesus words it so beautifully this happens so that the power of god could be seen in him my translation says it that way but 
what a what a great perspective to have on the things that trouble us. Instead of viewing it as this is punishment for what I have done, instead you view it as this is just another way for God to show his glory over this situation in my life. I think that. What about like someone that would say like, just because honestly the thought, like tiny thought I meant like God made this dude blind for 40 years just so that he could heal him and bring himself glory. Like there's someone that'll think that, you know what I'm saying? Sure. What's the. Yes. I get that. I get it. So, but like, so the way I would, I guess you can't really, can you explain that to someone that. So the way I would articulate it is this man was born blind so that at just the right time, glory could be made known to Mm -hmm. people around him. Mm -hmm. And so then many people's questions are, so am I just stuck with whatever problem for 40 years until God decides to do something? The people who ask the question that way are not closely following Mm -hmm. the Lord. Yeah. When you closely follow the Lord, you realize that he speaks to walking through trials and tribulations with you. And sometimes he doesn't heal you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, yeah, you're actually dealing with this whole thing. I'm going to show the world that even despite this thing, your life can be glorifying. You can do great things even despite this thing. And so there's many different ways that yeah. troubles, trials, whatever, can be used for God's glory. To someone who doesn't believe in God, who doesn't believe in, in Jesus deserving glory, it's not going to make sense. Yeah. But to us, it's another going through these things is just another way for us to show people his power. Yeah. I think, did you ever see the, uh, (laughs) who's the guy at Transformation Church? Michael Todd? Yeah. Did you ever see, he preached on this maybe within the year. Mm Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where he, um, he did this, he spit in his hand. And he, yeah. And he, yeah. That's honestly all I thought of. So he, so Michael Todd oh my did gosh, a teaching bro. on this and he like actually spit. Oh, and he brought someone up on stage. It right? was his brother. Oh, bro. Does it matter? Yes. I would, I would think so. Because everyone got all up in arms saying like, how could you do this? And he goes, bro. it's my family Two. I talked to him. Yes. Three. He okay. It's rowdy though. It's all about it's, it. It's I get it, but like it's rowdy. Hey Daniel. No. <laughs> like, do I remember what he said? What he was trying to what the point was? No. I just remember that. Well. This dude was Yeah. <laughs> That's all I thought of, if I'm being honest. So yeah, that is a huge part of this passage of Jesus explaining how this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to me that Jesus takes 
this opportunity not to just like put his hand on this man and be like, you are healed. Open your eyes. This time he goes through a different element. This time he goes through and and chooses to spit in dirt, make mud, and says, like, okay, now go wash it off in this specific pool. Mm-hmm. Something that I had to remind myself of earlier this week as I was just reading over the passage. John is writing this to encapsulate all the stories or at least some of the stories of where it was shown that Jesus is the Messiah. Which means sometimes we are jumping through time in terms of like, sometimes it's been a few months, sometimes it's been a few days, sometimes it's like immediately after. It's hard to tell. But he's going from story to story to story of all the miracles that Jesus was able to do and all the moments in which he declared his Godhood. So reading this is just another story in which Jesus was showing his power over our trials, our problems that we face. Like how it says, does it say anointed mm-hmm. in years two on verse 10 or 11, maybe? The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes. Mine just says spread it over my eyes. I think I, I kind of, <laughs> like, I like that word anointed. Yeah. Especially with mud. Mm-hmm. Anointed with mud. Mm-hmm. You know. Have we ever seen Jesus perform the same miracle or perform a different miracle there are two different miracles in the same way. There have been similarities, but it's not like copy and paste. Yeah. Cause I think of sometimes there was like the, the man who was let down through the hole in the roof in Luke. And he, all, all he says, like your sins have made you well, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. He decides to do that without any kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, similarly, last week I think it was, or two weeks ago, we were reading the story of him being at the uh, the, pool. the the pools of. I don't remember, but the ones where people would get healed. Not Bethesda. That's the game developer. <laughs> what's the What's the pools? But he's at the pool, and he. All, all he does is he just walks by this man who hasn't been able to walk. And he's like, do you want to be made well? Yeah, I just can't get to the pool. Huh. Get up and walk. <laughs> so there's similarities and like he didn't do anything. He just said, you are healed. You, you know, get up and walk. So, yeah, I don't know. There's similarities in, in Jesus' approach. There are other times he's healed people who are blind. This time he decided to make mud. The other times it was through different methods. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. I think that that's cool mm-hmm. idea to convey when you're like talking to anyone about like some struggle, how it could be like a process or God could take mm-hmm. it away. So he could equally do like one or the other. And that's the cool way to like explain it. 
yeah. help understand. There's a great moment. We keep coming back to the chosen. I keep coming <laughs> back to the chosen. It's <laughs> in season three. There's a great moment in which there is a man who has to use a cane to get around. He is healed. And he's like a close-ish friend of of Jesus and the mm-hmm. disciples. And by this point, little James is uh, walking around with a cane. Something has happened to him. I, I, I forget what happened, but he's walking around with a cane as well. And he just gets done healing this, like, beggar. And he doesn't need the cane anymore. And he's like, okay, you guys can go. And little James comes up and Jesus and James have a very special moment. Just James asking like, Jesus, we've been walking around. We've been, we've been doing so much and I didn't want to trouble you. I know how much you are doing for so many people. I didn't want to bring this to your attention, but I'm just wondering like, is there a reason why you're not healing me? And just that moment of Jesus being like the heart of this message being because I want to showcase even greater things through you. And it's going to be because of you having that. So it's, it was such a, such an incredible moment. Um, That's why I I recommend Mm -hmm. watching the chosen because it's like, it's great. It's amazing. But also read your Bible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know, you're yeah, crying over too. We should tell Gabe that when he's complaining about his shin splints, uh, God, <laughs> God will do even greater things through you. <laughs> through your shin splints, God. <laughs> Something. Benny's even tearing up over the chosen or allergies, but we're just going to blame it on the chosen. We're going to blame it on the chosen. This time it's for sure allergies, <laughs> but I also for sure took meds this morning. <laughs> it's just, mold is really bad right now. Oh, no. okay let's continue on verse 13 through 34 who wants to take that that's a lot of verses yes it is i'll read it (laughs) all right 13 they brought to the pharisees the man who had formerly been blind now it was the sabbath day when jesus made the mud and opened his eyes so the pharisees again asked him how he had received sight And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. Uh, But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and he has been born, that he has been born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. 
So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've already told you uh, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? They reviled him saying, you are, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why? This, why? this is an amazing thing. You do not know where you do not know where he come from, comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God, does, does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter, in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. That's crazy. These guys. Yeah. So, explain to me the series of events here. Explain to me what just happened. From the beginning or just from 13? Just from 13. Okay. Because we have we have the gist of it. The man was ill. Isn't basically just uh, the Pharisees are going after his parents now just asking, was he really this? Uh, so they can find some kind of dirt on Jesus. So... Say, oh, he's a fake. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. fake prophet. He's a fake this. He always could walk from birth. Uh. Yeah. See. Yeah. In this. In, yeah. In this one. Uh, so the Pharisees question the man, and uh, so the man explains exactly what happened. Jesus showed up, put mud in my eyes, and said to go wash it off, and now I'm healed. And they're like, it can't be. So they bring in his parents, and <laughs> and they're like, was. Was he like not actually blind? Was he just he just had dust, dust, whatever dust in his eye and something? And you had to like wash it out, and the guy had never heard of eye drops. Like, <laughs> I don't uh, think they had eye drops back then. No, no. But they're like trying to find some kind of excuse, right? But his parents just say like, "Why don't you ask him? He's old enough to speak for himself." And, and but it does also make note that they were afraid of the Jewish leaders because if anyone says anything about Jesus, they would be ex- expelled from the synagogue. So everyone knows now about this feud going on between Jesus and the Pharisees. What happens after? Where do we go? Where do we stop? What did you say? So his parents bring parents didn't want to say anything because they were mm-hmm. afraid of the Jewish leaders. So let's go to like verse twenty four. What happened after that? Yeah, he comes back said I told you guys. Dummies, like, come on. And then I think that's the one verse, not one, the whole verse. Everything stands out to me. It's all great. The Bible is all great. Amen. But 25, and I think it even speaks to like our ability as life group leaders. But like one thing I do know, because he's like, well, I don't know where he is or if he's a sinner or, you know, you asked me where did he go? He's like, I don't know. One thing I do know is though I was blind, now I see, you know, like the one thing I do know is like it's in my life. I have no questions about the reality and the validity mm-hmm. of this God that we hear in the Bible. I mean, we you know read about in the Bible. He's like this man who healed my eyes. I literally didn't see him. I don't. Who knows? Maybe he never saw Jesus. Right. Just like us, you know. Right. And but he's like one thing I know is like it's you can't deny the 
things. And he's like, I don't know anything else about him. Mm-hmm. And he even has like the boldness to say this to the Pharisees who obviously a verse ago will kill people or will, you know, right. banish them for yeah. proclaiming Christ as whatever Jesus is Christ. So yeah, then he says that and kind of does the same thing. I already told you what happened. You don't want to listen. And then the Pharisees go crazy, start saying rowdy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what that middle part out, is yeah. stood out. I find it so funny that they also... I think you're the, overextending your mic arm. The Lord doesn't want you to speak, bro. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was fine 30 seconds ago. I think you're overextending your mic arm. <laughs> That's where it was at before. Okay. So, like I was saying, I think it's that it's funny that they, even the Pharisees still are asking, like, what do you look like? Where do you go? Yeah. He does not know. <laughs> he has no way of telling. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't want to be them. Not that I think I'm close to them, but they're like... Where is it about when they say we're disciples of Moses? Mm-hmm. I just, that's scary. I feel like we can probably fall into that category rather easier than we think. Yeah. You know? Because um, they thought, I don't know what they thought, but I'm sure they thought they were right in that. Well, yeah, you have to think like these are religious leaders. They're trying their best to like follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. But they're seeing this happen before their eyes and their instinct is doubt and their instinct is to hold to, like, the law. Mm -hmm. And so, what are they getting hung up on? This man showed up out of nowhere and proclaimed, like, like, did a miracle on the Sabbath. How dare he not observe the Sabbath? Mm -hmm. And it's like... But... They're missing the point. But he he healed a man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen someone be healed? And this guy points it out. Have you ever known anyone to have been healed who has been born blind? And you guys are worried about this other, all this other stuff, you know, they are, they are holding so closely to the law that they are not able to see what Jesus is doing. And they immediately have to, they're trying everything they, that they can to like write it off. But such faith from this man, because he doesn't know all the details. And yet he's like, what I do know is this man just healed my blindness. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees are the opposite. They're like, I need every single detail of this man. I, we don't know where he's from. He's probably a sinner. We don't know, any, you know, like... It, we don't know anything about him, so how could I possibly follow him? And this other one is like, I know nothing about this man, but I'm going to follow him yeah. because of what he's done. Let's finish out from 35 to 41. Reading is hard. Just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. <laughs> You've only been doing it now for hey, 17 years. Millennia. <laughs> you know, I didn't start reading until I was 11, so watch out. So there you go. Actually, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I want to put it past you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, that's just like a fun fact. Of, like, that's something you would randomly say. Just that like, was yeah. just start reading until I was 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Daniel, you want to take us? Yeah, I got it. Oh. <sighs> Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, 
For judgment I came into the world that those who do not see me may see, those who see me see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind, Jesus? Jesus said to him, If you were blind, you would have said no guilt, would have no guilt, but now that you say we see, see, your guilt remains. So, Jesus now meets up with this man and he says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he? I want to believe in him. You have seen him and he is speaking to you. I, yes, Lord, I believe. And he worships Jesus. Jesus says, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. The Pharisees overhear this and they're like, he's talking about us. He's, he, this, this man's talking smack right in front of our faces. The Pharisee says, are you saying that we are blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim that you can see. So, what's he saying? I was Jesus would say, heck yeah, you are blind. You didn't see any of the stuff. Uh, you didn't <laughs> see the signs. Uh. Yeah. He's explaining. He's explaining that if you were if you and, and I think he's double double cross he's he's using both levels of the term in one sentence <clears throat> cuz he's saying if you were blind meaning if you actually physically could not see you wouldn't be guilty because then you wouldn't have seen all this stuff you know but you remain guilty because you claim that you can see so, what's he saying? He's saying, you guys think you can see what's going on. But you're guilty of being blind. Because even though you say you can see, you're not seeing. <clears throat> what's their heart when they ask, are we also blind? Are they like saying, are we also blind? Like, are you calling... When they ask that question, are they heated about it? Like, so you're saying I'm blind? Or are they like genuinely like, so are we also blind? I don't or, because like in my head, like I had, again, this is just what happened recently, but mm -hmm. we're talking about dating and relationships mm -hmm. with the students. Mm -hmm. And last week was on dating and we were talking about how if a girl is, you know, taking away from God, probably not. Probably not the smartest. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know everything, but probably not the smartest. Yeah. So I was texting students yesterday, high schoolers, like Sunday United, hope to see you. <laughs> and I have one of them call me back. And he's like, dude, I'm not going to be there. And I'm going to, it's because I'm hanging out with a girl, but this one doesn't count, right? This doesn't count because she goes to church too. And this doesn't count because... It just doesn't count. I'll doesn't go to church in the what? I'll go more like about it's like about him. He's choosing the girl over going to church. Uh, he's like, uh, no, he's no. like, I went to church this morning, <laughs> and like church is church. So like this doesn't really count, right? And so like, I was like, bro, and he was like genuine. I was like, well, what do you think? He's like, I don't think it counts. I went to church this morning, 
And I mean, if I'm going to choose, he's like, if I'm going to choose Olive Garden with a girl or church, he's like, I'm going to choose Olive Garden with a girl. <laughs> I was like, I respect it, but. <laughs> <laughs> respect for the breadsticks. Exactly. But, you know. um, but I was like, what do you think? He's like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, I think the fact that you're asking me this question that you called, I just texted you, not anything yeah. more than I texted 20 other students. Yeah. The fact that you're asking me this question, you know means you should maybe think about it mm -hmm. i'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do really but you should maybe think about it and so you think like is that where they kind of like no i'm not hating on my student but he still chose the girl like mm -hmm. he was still we could say blind here you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and so these guys are like even if they were a little curious or whatever reason it was like Obviously, their mind was made up, and they're like more like hopefully wanting to hear Jesus saying like, "No, we're not blind. You're doing it right," but that's not what he was gonna say. Kind of, that's what came to mind when they were asking that question. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to say what yeah. tone they had. It doesn't explain to us. Yeah, it's probably not that though. The more I think about it, but I don't know. I could see it both ways because mm -hmm. I could see some Pharisees. What's common right now, as we have been reading over the last few chapters, is just people becoming increasingly confused and, and that be, being the issue of like, some people are saying he's the Messiah, some people are saying he's not, some people legitimately just like, man, I don't know at this point. Yeah. There's compelling evidence on both sides of like, he's, this guy this guy is doing incredible miracles, he's doing all this stuff, he speaks with wisdom, he speaks, you know, what all this kind of stuff. But he's not the Messiah we thought we were going to get. Yeah. Could we have been wrong? Or is this guy just another fake? Because let's also be real. Many people have come mm -hmm. at this point who have also done wonders. And then it's like, well, no, they just, they were just the freaks in the wilderness, you know, like they, they just went off on their own and it, it turned out to be nothing. So these people are stuck in the middle. And so I don't doubt that even the Pharisees are standing there and they're having to question maybe in sincerity, are you saying we're blind? Maybe they are genuinely worried and, and like it's hitting them. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that I'm blind right mm -hmm. now? But it's also possible for some other Pharisees that they are responding Defensive, in anger. yeah. That they're being more defensive. That it's like, are you well, now? Now you're saying we're blind. Yeah, you know, I could see the passage being both ways. I think there are people found in both camps. Mm -hmm. People being more guarded against what Jesus is bringing, and people being there. People having their eyes opened for the sake of. The illustration that we have been going with today <laughs> that's good for their eyes being open to who jesus is yeah this is kind of off topic kind of on topic but i don't think all the goddard breadsticks are that good i love them they're pretty good man i just don't like the bottoms of them if you i guess yeah they're yeah. kind of dry i like them though i think I you're, like the top, you're the kind of dry <laughs> me yeah <laughs> what is that supposed to be <laughs> 
I've seen the kid on TikTok that's like the the caption just says like when when the insults are low key creative, and this guy's like insulting them, and then yeah. they just lash back and it's like, yeah, well, you look easy to draw. <laughs> it's like, what's that even supposed to mean? <laughs> that's what that felt yeah. like. It's like it's yeah, like well, you're dry. So, so what? <laughs> you're taking so many different ways. I feel like that's the definition of like. My personality right there. <laughs> <laughs> insults that are just like weird. Yeah, you're just confused after, you know? <laughs> I have the personality of an Olive Garden breadstick. The personality <laughs> of an Olive Garden breadstick? That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> to say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I think it's cool, too, that... Because I think the man was like follower of Christ, believer, saved... When he was proclaiming to the Sadducees that all I know is that. But mm-hmm. also, I think our God is not a God of confusion. Like, and so Jesus goes back to him and like ties the bow he, on it. Yeah, you know? he solidifies it, right? And he reveals himself yep. to him. He's like, do you want to serve this son of man? Do you believe in him? And then the dude's like, I mean, I think so. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, I just got it. Right. He, at first, he's like, well, yeah, I, I want to believe in him. Yeah. And he's like, here I am. me. And then, Lord, I believe, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Let's just, like, yeah. I love, like, I think that's how right now, hopefully, I get deeper and maybe more mature in my brain. But, like, that's what stands out to me most times in the Word is, like, short little phrases. And so, even that little phrase, like, Lord, I believe, like, mm-hmm. everyone in their life has that Lord, I believe moment. Yeah. The follower of the Christ, of yeah. course. Like, yeah. sons and daughters of Christ have, like... Lord, I believe moment mm-hmm. where you've been through a lot. God is taking you through a lot, but you finally like made that decision where it's like, Lord, I believe, you know, it's just cool to see. It is cool. Well, unless anyone has anything else to add to our discussion next week, we'll continue with John chapter 10. We are. Oh, that's good stuff, bro. I mean, sorry, it, I'm so reading. Yeah. Not John 10. Okay, I'm going to go back. I'm sorry. It's, I'm, give me 30 seconds. Okay. The end, 33. Sorry, I'm going back. Oh, far back. Okay. Not back. It's just 30 seconds. You're born in other sin, um, and would you teach us, blah, 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 and they cast him out. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that should be God's, like, actions towards us. He has all the right to say you were born mm-hmm. in other sin and cast us out. And that's not what he does instead he goes and sits down with us instead he throws mud on our eyes and we we can see (laughs) but it's yeah i'm sorry that's just really cool go ahead now oh because we are born in our spiritual blindness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we are born in our sin sin. and so jesus encounters us Mm -hmm. and through his sacrifice wipes away the blindness and reveals his glory yep. to us so that we so when we see. encountered him we uh, we don't even necessarily know it's him like that's how much he's working in our life like you do eventually you get there you have the lord i believe yeah, moment, yeah, yeah. but like we're blind literally so it's like his love is so like overwhelming and pursuing he's like in such pursuit of you mm-hmm. that like you don't even got to see him to get to that like, and people think Man, was it your sin? Was it was this all just a punishment that you've been going through this? And it's like, no, no, no. Actually, God's been orchestrating every single mm-hmm. step so that you can get yep. to this moment. Exactly. Sorry. That was good stuff. That's all good. <laughs> That's, That's all good stuff.
next week we continue in John chapter 10. But this has been this has been good. This has all been really good discussion. I always enjoy this time with you guys. For those listening, thank you guys so much for giving us your time to listen to the podcast. And as always, the only thing we ask of you guys is to leave a review or just like let us know what you thought of the of the podcast. We have a little like Q&A thing on Spotify. So just leave us a question if you want us to, to address any questions of the passage or just anything you guys want us to cover. Let us know from from there. But to all of you listening and to all of you, Dan, Dylan, Nathaniel, thank you guys for just another great time, another great session. Thank you. Woo. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Peace out. Rainbow Trout. Rainbow Trout? Never heard that one. (laughs) 